cave that talked. There was once a lion in a part of forest and his name was Rough Claw. One day he found nothing, whatever to eat in his wanderings and his throat was pinched by hunger. At sunset he came to a great mountain cave and went in, for he thought, Surely some animal will come into this cave during the night. I will hide and wait. Presently the owner of the cave, a jackal named Curd Face, came to the door and began to sing, Cave ahoy! Cave ahoy! Then after a moment's silence he continued in the same tone, Hello, don't you remember how you and I made an agreement that I was to speak to you when I came back from the world outside and that you were to sing out to me? But you won't speak to me today, so I'm going off to that other cave which will return my greeting. Now when he heard this, the lion thought, I see, this cave always calls out a greeting when the fellow returns, but today, from fear of me, doesn't say a word. This is natural enough, for the feet and hands refuse to act when peril terrifies, or trembling seizes every limb and speech unuttered dies. I will myself call out a greeting which he will follow to its source, so providing me with a dinner. The lion thereupon called out a greeting, but the cave so magnified the roar that its echo filled the circuit of the horizon, thus terrifying other forest creatures as well, even those far distant. Meanwhile, the jackal made off repeating the stanza. Joy comes from knowing what to dread, and sorrow smites the dunderhead, and a long life through the woods I have walked, but never heard a cave that talked. Take this to heart, and come with me. And the red eye, having made his decision, departed from another fortress, accompanied by retinue of followers. At red eye's departure, Livestrong was overjoyed, and he reflected, very good indeed. Red Eye's flight is a blessing to us, for he was far-sighted while the rest were numbskulls. I can easily destroy them now, for the proverb, If no far-sighted counselors long tried secure, aid him the downfall of a king is swift and sure. And there is a sound reasoning in this. The shrewd discover enemies disguised as friends in senseless counselors whose speech to evil tends. After these reflections, he dropped each day one fagot from the forest into his own nest with the ultimate purpose of setting the cave afire. Nor did the owls, poor fools, perceive that he was building up his nest in order to burn them alive. Well, there is a sense in the saying, cause your friends no bitter woes, do not fraternize with foes. Friends when lost are friends no more, the enemies were lost before. Thus pretending to build a nest, life strong constructed a wood pile at the fortress gate. Then at sunrise, when the owls became blind, he hastened away and reported to Cloudy, My lord and king, I have prepared the enemy's cave for burning. Come with your retainers, each bring a lighted faggot from the forest to throw on my nest at the gate of the cave. Thus, all your foes will die in torments like those in pot-baking hell. At this, Cloudy was delighted and said, Father, tell me your adventures. It is long since we met. No, my son, said Livestrong. There is no time for talk. Some enemy spy might possibly report my journey hither, and our blind enemy thus inform might take his escape. 
make haste for the proverb says when speed is needful never permit delay but do it pat else wrathful gods are secure to strike the undertaking flat and again whatever deed you have in mind especially when the fate is kind do quickly if you wait a bit then time will suck the juice of it later when your enemies are slain and you have returned to your home i will tell you the whole story in, in carefree humor so cloudy and his followers taking livestrong's advice seized one lighted faggot a piece in their bills flew to the gate of the cave and threw the faggots upon Livestrong's nest. Then all the owls, being blind in the daytime, remembered Red Eye's counsels as they suffered the torments of pot-baking hell. In this fashion, Cloudy exterminated his foes and returned to his old fortress in the banyan tree. There he mounted the lion thorn and his heart overflowing with joy. He questioned Livestrong in full session of his court. Father, how did you pass the time in the midst of enemy? For the proverb says, Better a plunge in blazing fire, the righteous know that momentary contact with a wicked foe. And the Livestrong said, My lord and king, whatever path provides escape, when danger's face is seen with clear decision follow, if it noble seem or mean, two arms like trunks of elephants, fight closed, skill to wield, the bow of heaven urgent felt, to women's bracelet yield. The wise and strong awaiting days more prosperous must grant obedience to wicked lords whose speech is adamant. Gigantic Bhima smoke begrimed, puffing at labor a ladder, flourished in his past was cook in Matsya land. The prudent, hopeful man should act as suits an evil case, should steal his heart to carry through a holy deed or base, great Arjun with a calloused arm from twanging bow divine, effeminately danced and saw his tinkling girdle sign. The wise, alert, ambitious man, if he expects success, must wait on fortune, watch his step and curb his stainliness. Yudhisthir king with pilgrim staff long drew his painful breath, though worshipped by brothers great as war and wealth and death. So Kunti's handsome powerful twins, high birth writ on their brows, were menials at Virata's court and lived by counting cows. So queenly Draupadi with youth and matchless beauty's seal, in charm most like a goddess fell by turn of fortune's wheel, and haughty maidens called her slave and sneered at her for sport, what time she powdered sandalwood in Matsya's royal court. Father, said Cloudy, this dwelling with an enemy with themes to me, like the shored blade ordeal. So it is, said Livestrong, but I never saw such a pack of fools anywhere. No one was sensible except Red Eye. He indeed had great capacity and intelligence, not blunted by his extensive scientific attainments. He discovered my exact purpose. But as for the other counselors, they were great fools, making a living by a mere pretense of giving good counsel, with no flair for Verity. They were not even aware of this. It is ruinous to trust the scamps who come to you from hostile camps. Such rivals you should chase away for constant trouble does not pay. The foreman serving as a scout who knows by bobbing in and out your favorite chair, familiar bed, and how you drink and what you are fed. Your travels to another town will strike his heedless foreman down. The prudent therefore guards himself the source of virtue, love and pelf with every effort, strain and stress, for death will follow heedlessness. 
And there's a plenty of sense in this. Who ill-advised does not commit grave faults of savoir-faire? What gluton has not much unrest within himself to bear? Whom does not fortune render proud? Whom does not death lay low? To whom do not positions bring abundant harm and woe? The steady forfeit glory while the restless forfeit friends. The bankrupt forfeits family. The banker better ends. The man of passion forfeit books, the fawner friendship flower, the king with careless counselors must forfeit kingly power. Yes, O king, I have experienced in person what you are kind enough to put in words. That association with enemies equal to the sword blade ordeal. As the old verse puts it, bear even foes, bear even foes upon your back. When fortune clogs your path, endure the great black snake slew many frogs. How was that? Asks Cloudy, and Livestrong told the story of the frog that rode snake back. <laughs>